0: Fountain back in Rome. I fell in love with you in a small cafe in Athens. You said you loved me too. You never, ever, ever answer your phone when I call you. Ever. It's like a waste of time.
1: Artie Lang will take you home.
0: I'm gonna bring the room down a little.
1: Thank you, oh, Artie. Very much, everybody. Be oh, the Jose. rock star you Be are, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, folks. It's Eugene Driscoll of ValleyIndy dot org. Listen. If you want to get right to the interview in this episode, skip ahead to about the 11-minute mark.
2: Thanks. This is Ethan Fry of ValleyIndy.org. That other voice you were just hearing was Eugene Driscoll, the editor of ValleyIndy.org. We're the only two employees of the Valley Independent Sentinel, a nonprofit news organization in, uh, in Ansonia, Connecticut. And Eugene uh, we're sitting here on Thursday morning, January 19th, and Eugene's just recorded a podcast with a pretty famous figure. Who was that?
1: I just interviewed, totally unprepared for 18 minutes, comedian Artie Lang,
2: formerly of the Howard Stern Show. And first, just, uh, I guess by way of introduction, just tell us how this all came about so quickly this morning.
1: Yeah, so I got up this morning after I help to get my kids ready for school. Uh, I saw, I checked Twitter, you know, mm. and uh, Artie Lang, who I follow on Twitter, has been promoting his appearance this weekend at uh, Foxwoods. He's going to be there uh, January 21st, Foxwoods Resort Casino. And so I just thought, ah, what the heck? This is at 9.15. I'm ashamed to say at 9.15 a.m. I was still in my boxer shorts. Uh, but I just... Tweeted him. It was you know I just said you got time mm. for a CT podcast phoner, and I said we hate snarky Hartford DJs because Artie had just mm-hmm. in Twitter at this I didn't know what was going on, but apparently he had, he, he I actually you can listen to it in the podcast mm-hmm. and you can hear uh, uh, why I I referenced that. But anyway, to my amazement, Artie got back to me almost immediately and said uh, you know yeah I just followed you uh, message me mm-hmm. your number which. I thought, okay, it set off a panic in me because uh, I thought, okay, I'm not in the office. Mm-hmm. I'm at my house. I do have a USB microphone. I was like, okay, I can just plug that in. I'll record it that way. But because it's a phone interview and we do it, he's, I give him a Google voice number to call. I need to have the mixer and another wire. So mm-hmm. I'm like, ah. So I'm sitting there trying to buy time mm-hmm. and I'm like, and then I'm trying to direct message him. Yeah, I yeah, wanted yeah, to yeah, say, yeah. give me, just give me a couple of minutes you know, mm-hmm. uh, but I couldn't message him because you know it takes. Yeah, Twitter has this yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. follows me. You got to wait until that it's enabled, and then I. So anyway, I get in my car. I don't even like close my computer. I run out. I put pants on. I, I throw on the clothes from yesterday. You know, I run to my Pontiac Vibe with mm-hmm. 170 thousand miles on it, and uh, you know, Artie's like, "It's got to be now." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah, see. yeah. And then other people on his Twitter feed see that, and people start liking and like retweeting <laughs> that. It's got to be now.
2: Yeah, yeah, you could so hear I'm, him saying that. You know, I'm like, gotta be now. You know? Right? Yeah,
1: yeah, now, like just yeah,
2: Jersey voice.
1: You know, and I'm cursing myself. Why you didn't I just go? From Jersey. Why didn't I go right into the office? And anyway, I run up here. You know, I, I fly to work. I don't want to get into it, but I like you know I live a mile from our office in Ansonia. And uh, you know, I, I took the stairs. I'm a fat guy. I always take the elevator. I took the stairs. I, and in the beginning of the, well, I'll play the little part. But before he calls, you can just hear some heavy, heavy nervous breathing from me. <laughs> So I'm, I'm like turning down the police scanner. Oh, then I tweet to him. I tweet to him as a way I can't message him. So mm-hmm. I tweeted at him, "Hey, I, I, something like I'm at the cop shop or something." Yeah, I used yeah, like yeah, some, yeah. and I was not at the cop shop. It was a <laughs> lie. Like I have to come clean. I, I as yeah, a it was journalist, like, give,
2: me, give me 15 minutes to get away from like the cop station. It,
1: yeah, I, I, it was an ethical oh. lapse. Uh, <laughs> it was a complete ethical. It was a lie. I was you know, and I have no excuse for it. But I'll just say, I thought I thought to myself. How can I make myself, you know, I'm a podunk mm. guy from uh, a, a tiny hyperlocal publication in Ansonia. How can I make myself look cool so Artie will give me another big celebrity, give me a, a, a little wider mm. of a window yeah. uh, in which to interview him? So that's why I just said that. You walked you're walked in. you coming clean now, at least. You <laughs> walked in, you're like, what were you, at the police station? <laughs> like, yeah, you know I wasn't at the police station. I just said that. So, I get in here, you know, I I set up our stuff, I'm panicking. I didn't like this, the interview that you're about to hear is completely unprepared. You know, I had been thinking for a while, there's so many questions. In another
2: sense, you've been preparing for it your entire (laughs) life. Yeah, you're right, I have. But anyway.
1: But no, yeah, I mean, you know, he's a fascinating guy to me. Uh, There's a million things we could have talked about. Uh, you know, I wish I had, I, you know, he's in this whole thing, you know, Artie has publicly yeah, there's been sort struggled of a, a with, out with addiction, he's, yeah. you know, and he's hardcore recently. heroin addict, mm. attempted suicide, basically extremely self-destructive, and I'm not saying this belittling the man, you know, one thing I tried to say at the beginning, and yeah, I'm completely, I'm, I'm butchering my words, there's so many, I'm not really, you know, proud of this interview, but hey, it happened. You know, you, you like the guy because you you listen to him on the Stern Show for all those years, uh, you know, and you you, you want to you don't want to see the guy, you know, end his life and and, and mm. fall you know to addiction. So anyway, uh, and I get worried about him because now he's back on the road again. You know, mm. what other because that's a weird thing with radio. You know what I mean? You feel like you it's a one way relationship, but you feel it's a relationship. So anyway, on, on and all it, that it, background, it's
2: fascinating to me. Like the the. Like there, there's the debate I just sniffled going into on. the microphone. Was just I apologize. A, was it just in like the New York Times magazine? There's just a huge profile on Stern, or maybe it was like another publication about how he's like reinvented interviewing or whatever. Oh, and recently, like there, yeah. There's, there's like some two eras, or like you know, there was more than two. There's the Jackie era, I guess. Or, you know, we're yeah. getting deep into the weeds of like Stern. Well, fans and here's here, the but, thing.
1: Here's the thing. I like <laughs> if you're not a Howard Stern fan, <clears throat> you might want to just yeah, skip yeah. this. And I like, I'm, yeah,
2: I'm not the biggest one, uh, but like. Um, you, you know, there's that debate about like, you know, was it better when it was sort of like, you know, more like juvenile and crass than like now where it's like they bring in like these huge celebrities to do these hour long interviews. But yeah, I don't know what, do you have any, uh, opinion about that? Or? Oh,
1: and I say it to Artie right at the beginning of the interview. I, for me, the golden era of Stern was when, whenever Artie Lang was in the studio mm. And he gets into it a little bit. I, I, I there's not a lot of follow-up questions to this because, I, I, you know, I started to sense that he had to go. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, 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 a couple of times I just jump with new questions just to try to get him to keep talking. Uh, if I feel like he was losing his energy, you know, I tried, I just changed the subject mm-hmm. real fast. So there's not a lot of good follow-ups. But, you know, the thing was when Artie came on, he touches upon this a little bit. Howard was transforming. He probably had already transformed into the so-called. Hampton Howie's like he's, <laughs> he's like one of the richest yeah, celebrities yeah, yeah, on earth. I mean, people for you know, Howard Stern is. I mean, for if my you, m- if
2: you go Google Maps, his Hampton's estate, it's it's pretty cool, yeah, a, you know, it's unbelievable.
1: Extremely wealthy, you know, like in you know, nowadays you get Floyd Mayweather, all these like the celebrities that mm. like flaunt their wealth. Stern is above and beyond head and shoulders, mm. uh, in terms of the money he's amassed over the years, and you know, I don't think there's Anybody like him, any type of entertainer anywhere that's done what he's done, just to go out every day. I mean, we've been talking for, for however 10 minutes right now, and I'm sure we lost 90% of our listeners. So it's a it's a gift, you know? Yeah. But so anyway, but he, as he became more sort of isolated from the common man because he just got so wealthy, mm. Artie
2: yeah, he's that, was you know, the connection touchstone. to
1: New York, everything that sort of, the you know, the ingredients that made Stern so great at the beginning already sort of you know reinvigorated mm. that for a while
2: uh, but, I mean, and you, just but, a, a great storyteller, like uh, you yeah. Know, just if you're on YouTube, and, you know you don't mind some cursing.
1: It's yeah, huge. Yeah, there should <laughs> be. Should, you know? Just, let's do some yeah. trigger safe space warnings. <laughs> it's 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 offensive in ev- yeah. any way imaginable.
2: Just search like Artie Lang, uh, like the one that came to mind because he's in he's going to be in Foxwoods Saturday. Uh, have you ever heard the helicopter story? Yeah, where yeah. Ta- he's, I think yeah. He's, he talks t- about t- going out to Foxwoods. Yeah, or, yeah. Uh, uh, like search that on YouTube or the There's so much. Just search Artie Lang's story on uh, YouTube, and there's there's tons of them.
1: And you know, it, when you go back and listen to some of the Artie stories now, you know when you because he did try to to commit suicide, mm. you know, and luckily not successful. Some of the old Stern shows where he's clearly now it's obvious that he's yeah. struggling. Yeah. Uh, towards the end, there they're not they're not quite you know. It, there's another edge to them now. Mm. Uh, so I just hope the guy uh, stays healthy,
2: you know. And, and, that and was, he's got was, that
1: – He's on Jud, suddenly he's on a Judd Apatow show yeah, yeah.
2: that's coming out. And, and th- that was also, like, one of the aspects of, like, the whole him and Stern interplay was how – and, like, this is one of the best things about the, the Stern show over the years was that, like, he would <laughs> – he would like cause all of these internecine conflicts or not cause them, but you know, that not, is a big word. Not, you know, not keep them from developing. And then Who, you, you know, Stern would, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All the staffers yeah, would be yeah. fighting with each other. Right. On and, 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 and stuff.
1: And that's to me, uh, you know, to answer your earlier question, that's what I miss mm. about the Stern show where those totally, and, and he says they were a lot of them were, because imp- I asked him about a couple of fights mm-hmm. and a couple of, you know, I asked him about Donald Trump and, and making Donald Trump angry and whether that was something they had planned beforehand. But, It wasn't. And that's what I miss from I mean, I don't I don't who cares about celebrity interviews, you know, I mean, unless you're listening to Artie Lang. But, you know, I don't need to hear Howard Stern talk. He, you know, he's he's trying to become a podcast. Mm. Uh, And I think there are already a couple of good podcasters out there, including us. Uh, Mark Marin. You know what I mean? That like that Stern should just continue uh, doing what he did best, which was bringing the lives of Amy ordinary Fisher people. And Joey Buttafuccaro, right? Yeah, all that kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just know, having Artie insult them. Right. Yeah. Just that totally improvised. But because Stern was always, and Artie says this a lot more eloquently than I can. But you know, Stern was the guy, you know, banging on that window and giving the finger mm. to the establishment and that celebrity culture and and, and all that. That's what he was famous for and he's lost that Yeah, uh, but hey no, you know he
2: wants to be in the room with them but
1: yeah and he can do what he wants i mean the guy is obviously a genius but anyway that was an 11 minute intro sorry right. here no is Artie lang hey this is the valley indie i lang here arty holy cow I'm, uh, Come on, man. Let's go. Hey, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. So you're just right now on Twitter, uh, complaining about a uh, Hartford DJ. Is that correct? What's the story there? What's going on?
0: Uh, I got it. It's, it's like seven years ago. I don't remember the guy's name. Eight years ago, I was. I got out of rehab. My uncle picked me up. We threw a radio station on it. Some guy was talking about my Howard situation, and uh, because I had uh, I had mentioned to somebody, put it on Twitter, I was getting out of rehab that day. And uh, some guy, just like real quick, uh, before he played a song by R.E.O. Speedwagon, <laughs> <laughs> said uh, oh, R.E.O. tired, get some rest, and then I uh, played a song. And I looked at my uncle and I said, well, and, uh, I, said uh, I don't want to put Howard on, it was too kind of painful. And then, of course it was so funny because now I ended up getting <laughs> anyway. Uh, and my uncle turned it off and then we got into an argument about something. I don't even remember the guy's name.
1: So R.E.O. Speedwagon, So that's a surreal experience. So would you win?" Had- <laughs> At the time, were you in I rehab? Know. Were you in rehab up in in Connecticut? Like, how did how did sure, hard? Hill, sure, uh,
0: Connecticut.
1: Oh, no kidding. So speaking of your health, already. Like, I've listened to the Stern show. I mean, I'm 42 years old, right? I got a brother in right. his 50s, uh, and he got me into Stern on the you know the NBC days. We would you know record okay. off the radio.
0: Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and for my mind,
1: you know, you know, Jackie Martling was great. Nothing, nothing uh, against the Stern Show. You know, past or future or present, but you were the greatest error of the Stern broadcast, in my opinion.
0: Wow, uh, the greatest error? <laughs> no, thank you so much, man. I, when people say that to me. And I think way more people do than should, but I, I, you know, I really, really, it makes you feel great. It makes, you know, you get in the show business, you try to get into comedy, you you do so much stuff that uh, is uh, is embarrassing, you're broke, you're sleeping on the floor of Penn Station to get a bus home. I remember doing that once going, I hope this is all worth it one day. And Somebody like you saying that makes it worth it. It's better than the money, I'm telling you.
1: Well, one of the things, you know, at the time when when you were on Stern, you know, when you first went on to FM... You know, I'm a reporter, right? I'm a local news reporter. You know, yeah. it, mo- most of us make 30 grand. So it's like right. we're not we're not doing this for, uh, for the fake news or to get a president elected. Sure. We do it, it. It's a calling. And you were right. a guy, man, I would listen to you on Stern, and it was like, you know, like you hear all the cliches. You park your car on the side of the road. You listen. Uh, and then to have you, you know, it's almost like you, you, I don't know you. I never met you, but I think you're a friend because I heard you on the radio all those years. Right. And, and to hear you struggle like you did. You know, so many people I think were so worried about you uh and they want to see you do well and be healthy and uh you yeah. know because you're you know you're one of us. How are yeah, you doing? Wow, like yeah. I see on your Twitter feed you're working a lot again, you're doing you're doing stand up nonstop and that sort of insane schedule uh uh took its toll on you previously. How are you doing now?
0: Well, you know, the thing is that, that happened last year was kind of hitting the comedy Larry and could cut into that uh, crazy road schedule was I, I booked this show on HBO called Crashing with uh, Judd Apatow. It premieres February 19th. We shot it all last summer. I'm in most of the season. And uh, I play myself. The first episode is titled Artie Line. It's surreal. <laughs> and uh, it's supposed to be very well. Uh, there's a shot. It'll get picked up with Judd. Uh, you know, they're probably going get a second season. I hope the show girls are going off the air. He's a big deal. He's a great guy. And uh, like if that goes for another season... I think I should be there again, and uh, I just feel great acting again, and I'll take the road away, and that was the lifestyle where I, when I was on the sitcom Norm, I had a great lifestyle in L.A. i made good money doing a sitcom that lasted two years, and uh, I did stand up on the side. That was perfect, and uh, hopefully I can do that again.
1: And then and then in terms of I mean, you probably get this question asked all the time. And I should just say for anybody uh, uh, listening when we post this, I've had no preparation. I just randomly sent Artie a tweet. And to my amazement, he uh, he responded to me. Truth be told, Artie, I was sitting there in my boxer shorts, because I had to work late last night. I had some other stuff to do. I did not expect you. So there's no preparation here. But, uh, you know,
0: I know. Yeah, I like. I like trying to help some people out, man. That's good. You're interested.
1: Almost, yeah, but almost to a fault. You know what I mean? I, I you know, I, uh, but, but in terms of uh, the Stern Show, you know, I guess uh, just to ask you, I, I probably know the answer to this, but has there been any movement in terms of uh, any kind of contact with uh, uh, the King of All Media himself? Uh, in,
0: in no, no, I don't think there ever will be. I mean, I just, uh, you know, again. <laughs> Howard uh, did for me what uh, you know no one else did. I had a lot of people help me in my career, but but you know the job Howard got me was amazing, and I'll never lose sight of that. And uh, but I don't know. Was the last couple of years. There's a weird situation over there. Where I think a lot of people used to work there and work there now. I would tell you uh, he's sort of a different guy. It's not a good thing. And there's forces over there that might. You know, allude to that. And I think I've taken the gloves off in a way where uh, he's choosing to ignore me, which is a good thing on his part because, you know, I'm the guy who's nobody. If he acknowledges me, it just makes me uh, more relevant. But I just have fun because I know it's right. Well, I'm telling you, what I'm doing, I know is right because I think the guy's brainwashed. And hopefully this will snap him out of it. But I'm attacking on a level on my show every once in a while where, you know, he's got to be seething mad at me if I know him. And he'd love to respond, I'm sure, but he's just not going to because that's the right thing for him to do. He's the king, and I'm over here doing my thing. But, look, I, uh, I'm i still in Major League show, business, making a good living and having fun. I, uh, I've never been happier in my life. People who say, oh, you blew it with the Stern show. In the beginning, that was true, but now... I wouldn't go on that show for all the money in the world. No and, way. And it's, why it's, is that? Because
1: it's, it's just so different?
0: It's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. You live under a, 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 ty- it's like a, a, a tyrant. And it's not even him. It's just Broad Marcy Turkey. He uh, married to the 40s. A Broad Marcy Turkey. And he fucking hired to be everybody's boss. And, when and she's you, like a con artist.
1: When do you think... Have you, do you have any info like when that started? When did Stern start uh, to make uh, that turn?
0: guys... A couple of guys at the E-Channel got fired and called me and said what was going on over there. And I couldn't believe it. Like stories like you need permission from her to talk to Howard. People he knew for 20 years couldn't talk to him without permission from her. Uh, and I said, you got to be kidding me. That's stuff we used to make fun of, like Scientology does. And, uh, you know, a few different channels I found that was right. And I found that he he was, no one was allowed to say her name on the air. I wanted to keep her off the air. And I, uh, I kept pushing the the to finally acknowledge her because it was all, I kept talking about it. It was all over the Internet. And I tell you right now, I wouldn't do something to hurt Howard ever. I think I'm doing him a favor. His his legacy is going to be hurt. The guy I knew was the greatest guy, generous, loved everybody on that show, had a good relationship with everybody from janitor to to the top, on air and off air. And now he's uh, he's 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 brainwashed under some woman and ruining his personal legacy at least. And I uh, I'm doing him a favor of trying to say, look, this.
1: And uh, what about, like, uh, 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 Gary Delabati or anything like that? Have you, has, has he reached out to you in any way? Do you guys have any main uh, relationship? I to ga-
0: yeah, I talked to Gary over the years a couple times, but it's a very awkward situation because, uh, you know, he's he's uh, he's got to report to Howard. I, I don't want to talk to Gary because it can't be an honest conversation. Anything mm-hmm. I say, he's going to tell Howard that Howard wants to know. So uh, I can't believe I don't think I know that. And uh, anything he says is going to be guarded and fake. So I don't want to have a conversation like that with a guy who used to be a friend of mine who I didn't have to have a conversation like that with.
1: And then uh, in recent weeks, there was actually a couple of weeks ago on your podcast, Time Flies, you, you went after Stuttering John a little bit for his uh, foray into politics. Uh,
0: <laughs> now, yeah, are TV you guys was, uh,
1: Say that again, I'm sorry.
0: Jimmy Florenton was on, and we busted John's balls. If any one of us announced becoming a senator, we would all get our balls busted. I can't believe John thought he wouldn't. So John and I told out, I love John, I'll support anything he does. What that was the other day was goofing around. And to be serious, uh, if he really wants to do it, I would do nothing to help him, uh, every, everything to help him. He's a friend. You know. We were goofing.
1: No, okay, because yeah, I, I had a feeling maybe uh, Stuttering John took that uh, uh, seriously. Uh, there, but you guys are saying you're okay. Hey, what about AJ Benza being in the news uh, recently? From his, uh, it, it seems like the whole uh, world has discovered that uh, you know you can listen to old Howard Stern tapes. Uh, the uh-huh. whole thing he had with uh, Trump and, and, and AJ Benza. Uh, yeah. Any thoughts on that?
0: Oh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, listen, I, I hung out with Trump a few times. I played golf with him. I roasted him. I, I love the guy. I love Trump. He's a boy. He's a guy you can break balls with like you're in the 8th grade. I really I really do like him. Me and me, Eli Manning did nine holes once for a charity at his place in Bedminster and it was like we were in the 8th grade having fun. Uh, I don't know if that temperament works for the White House, but he's got my support. He's president. But Let's didn't you kind of tick him off Benza.
1: on... I'm sorry, go ahead. Go AJ ahead.
0: Benza, on the other hand, is a great, great friend of mine. Great, great friend. I love AJ. He's a personal friend. Anything AJ says, I'm sure is true. And uh, if you're going to have somebody talking uh, gossip like that, A.J. is the king, and it's relevant. It's the president. So, uh, you know, it'll blow over, but it's fun to listen to. AJ's a talented guy.
1: There's a pretty funny uh, old stern there where it seems like for a second uh, Trump turns on you. And then, do you remember, recall that particular?
0: Uh... Oh, yeah. Believe me, I mean, it was one of the craziest moments ever because I roasted him for uh, uh, the Friars Club, but it wasn't a televised roast. It was just for the New York Hilton and the press on the Friars but I had no idea it was videotape on any level. The quality wasn't great, but it was good enough when I saw it a few months ago. Somebody tweeted it to me, and I was so proud of it. It was one of the best roasts I ever did. That that roast actually got me, that set got me a Carnegie Hall. Caroline, who ran the New York Comedy Festival, was at that roast, and it, it put me back on her radar for something like sort of high-profile like that. She thought it was uh, as good a roast thing as she ever saw. and gave me Carnegie Hall later that year which was amazing. You never know what happens in your career. I got voted best roaster there. And the joke I did about Trump uh, got voted best, a joke of the day. And it was about his business, which he gets very aggravated about. Um, and uh, he, he uh, laughed at the roast, but then on a Stern show a couple weeks later, Howard made me retell it. And he felt trapped, I think, and attacked. And there's that temperament, you know, and he, said he he called me a loser, it was hilarious.
1: And what's what's sort of interesting, like just just you know, coming from that moment, you know, the way Stern is, uh, at least as a viewer and w- and watching and listening to that particular exchange, it was like Stern was drawing it out of you. Uh, was he, is he like a master manipulator? Like because you know now with the well, internet, I mean,
0: it, he is in that particular situation though. No, I mean I knew what could happen. I, I wanted okay. to tell. I'm so proud of the joke. I would have told that a million times. I would have told it again. Uh, it's one of the best jokes I ever wrote, and the, the New York Post uh, printed it in the front page of their gossip uh, column. And again, that that's a lot of press. And so like I say, it got me Carnegie Hall. Hmm. It's, uh, I knew the joke was good, so I would have kept repeating it. And Trump getting mad at me at the time. What do I get? It was, you know, but uh, he came in saying what the paper said. He, he was telling the truth. He was, oh, was the best roaster. I, you know, that's not always the case. I happen to have a good set. It could be sucky, but this worked and it was high profile because of him, and he came in going, oh, he was great, He was the best ever, Howard made me tell a joke, and I knew it was going on there. We were baiting Trump, is what we were doing, and Mm. that's what happened, you know, and uh, I mean, uh, CNN wanted to buy that, uh, CNN contacted me about, you know, that clip, and they said, "Would uh, would I comment on? I said, sure, it's press for me, but I think they got a little afraid of Howard.
1: Yeah, in those uh, days, right. Yeah,
0: yeah. Now how much is that was, was pre
1: planned or that's all just improvised as you, you and you and Howard had nah, that relationship? Nah, yeah, no,
0: totally improvised. Nothing was That's amazing. Uh, nothing with me nothing with me was ever planned. Howard didn't want me to hear anything because he wanted me to spontaneously just try to be funny in the conversation. That's how I I worked the best, you know, when I think it was more conducive to his lifestyle. With Jackie there he was mad. he wanted to stay there right bits with with me, he was, when I got to the show, he was just starting to be sort of a man about town and a apartment in New York. But He didn't want to be at the office so much, so me being a guy who could be spontaneous He liked, uh, timing in life is everything. And I, that timing was all perfect for me. I was in the prime of my life in my early thirties. And I had just gotten out of a sitcom that I, uh, if I was contracted to do, I would have had to go back to LA instead of doing Howard, which would have really been heartbreaking. And he needed a guy like me and uh, cut to, you know, 10 years later, I, I, I carved out my little spot in radio history. And a guy like you said something as nice as you said, it's a great thing, you know?
1: And then, you know, a couple of years ago, there, there, I was listening to something. I think it was Anthony Cumia and uh, and Bill Burr, or Anthony Cumia re- relating a Bill Burr story when they would come off the O&A show uh, when they were together how uh, it was sort of and I'm, I'm paraphrasing here and I'm probably butchering it but they were sort of emotionally drained you know you'd walk out of there and it was like you had just done battle and they would feel guilty about something they said on the air uh, what was that like what was it mentally like to go through uh, some of the like the blow ups you had on the Stern show I mean you know you famously threw uh, what a CD at Sal uh, and went yeah, off on Teddy know, that just, time uh,
0: it's real emotions. the show is real Howard created a sort of human experiment there it wasn't any blue which is why the show was good. People got angry. People got. You know, I got my uh, my North Longshoreman up. I didn't go to college. I'm not refined, and that's what happens. But you know, it's up to a point. You know, how they don't mind anything physical, and it got kind of crazy. But sure, it's it's you know, I would get out on a, uh, I would get out on six AM to eleven o'clock in the morning. and I'd go, what the hell did I just do? did I just said I said I was on a, at a pig out for doing cocaine. I mean, it was great. I, at one time, I'll leave you with this. I got a roll. I'll give you this story. All right. Uh, what it was like doing a uh, show in the middle of New York like that. I bought a new, my girlfriend bought me a new leather jacket, my girlfriend Dane at the time, and I thought it was nice, but it was kind of tight, so I wear it to the start show. So John, everybody, the whole show, they're roasting me. The jacket looks stupid. You look like a sausage or <laughs> stuffed in a jacket. And I'm like, I like it. So I get out, it's 11, 1130, and a bunch of construction workers are at Avenue a.m. are having lunch, lined up, I know what a chick is like when she gets ogled now, because they look to me, they all listen to the show one morning, and they go, Artie, we think your jacket's cute. <laughs> <laughs> hey, when's your next book? Like,
1: Sorry, Artie, go ahead. That's what's
0: great about it. That's, that's what's great about it, you
1: know. When's your next book coming out? I know you got the third one coming out. Uh, this is one. Oh, that... uh,
0: uh, yeah, thanks for asking. Either Father's Day or Christmas.
1: All right. Good luck with it. Hey, I won't. I won't keep you. Hey, what about Teddy? You still? You ever in contact with Teddy from the from the old days or no?
0: I I, I love Teddy. You know, it's a misconception. Me and him had fights on the air, but me and him he got it for two years. I burnt that kid out, man. <laughs> <laughs> he was he he was there trying to deal with a junkie doing stand up all over the road and making a hundred grand a week and fans all over the place, hookers and. <laughs> he was, but he's great he, he had it was, two years as uh, long you get burnt out you know uh but uh I, I hope he's well if i heard teddy was unhappy in any way it would make me unhappy i love the kid
1: all right Artie. well i hey i want to thank you for uh for taking a couple minutes good luck at the mohegan sun uh this saturday up here in connecticut
0: and, foxwoods but yeah oh, thanks, thanks so oh, much yeah
1: i'll edit that part out foxwoods i apologize yeah
0: no problem. No problem. Don't say you're sorry. I appreciate the time, buddy. All right, Artie. Take care, buddy. Bye-bye.
1: Okay, so that was Artie Lang, formerly of the Howard Stern Show. And uh, just to conclude, I wanted to briefly talk about the uh, the beeps you heard. This pot, for anybody who's like listening from out of the area, we're valleyindy.org. We're a two-person nonprofit online Local newspaper, essentially, though we don't print paper. Based in Ansonia, Connecticut, this podcast also plays on an FM radio station in the city of New Haven, WNHH 103.5 FM, a low-powered station in New Haven, subject to FCC rules and regulations, hence the beeping. Another footnote, I have no idea how to edit audio to insert beeps, so... Hopefully those didn't come through. Maybe they did. Maybe it sounds hilarious. Maybe it makes the interview better. But uh, just a brief explanation. I thought Artie was exactly the way he was in that interview as he is on his podcast and as he was during his years on The Stern Show. Sometimes you interview comedians, like Jim Florentine comes to mind, a couple other guys, and they're uh, sort of much more serious and sober-like in their, you know, just interview persona, their real life, I guess, if you will. Then there's other guys who were, you know, they're, they're basically, they'll, they'll do their act for you. Rich Voss was a hilarious dude to interview, but Artie was just, he was the most real of, uh, you know, a few celebrities that I've interviewed, including Donald Trump, by the way. Look through our archives for a Donald Trump one from like 16 years ago. Anyway, I'm going to shut up. Thanks for listening. Bye.